You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 96. Let's get to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits Podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and as always, it is an honor and a privilege to be back with you for another episode. Shooting this one a little bit later in the week than I normally do, and so many things have been going through my mind about what it is we've been discussing here and the story arc that we're creating, and here comes episode 100, which was a real monumental number when I hit it with my other podcast, From Sobriety to Recovery. And so I'm very much noticing a theme over the last handful of shows about self-worth versus self-esteem and controlling your mind to create your results, being decisive, uh, being courageous, planting the seeds for your financial freedom, understanding idle hands, and really scheduling out your time so that you can be making progress on your big goals with smallest next steps kind of mentality. And looking at some of the other episodes that I have planned, and who knows when they'll pop up, but finding meaning in your work, that success is not in limited supply. Uh, We've clearly talked about happiness in a lot of different ways over the last couple episodes. And, you know, even looking back, going, you know, starting your own tribe, victim versus creator. And as we round out the last five episodes till we get to 100, I think it's very important to review a little bit about why I created this show and and just talk to you guys a little bit about some things that have been happening on my end that I've been asked by people in my inner circle to really think about. And in particular, what came up today is, you know, one of my peers and, and good friends and someone who I worked with in the past, and we both give each other advice, very strongly suggested that I no longer do the College Success Habits show, that I'm spreading myself too thin, that there's other things out there that I want to accomplish, that the College Success Habits podcast in general hasn't necessarily Uh, turned into what I thought it would or would hoped it would. And I remember as he was, I mean, sitting there saying all this to me today and we were over a phone, it wasn't in person, but he lives in Georgia. I remember thinking, this is such a great episode for a podcast for the College Success Habits show, because here is someone who has my best interest at heart telling me what I should do with my business and with my show and with my listeners without really understanding the intricacies of why this show matters so much to me, let alone the bigger, broader picture that I have envisioned for it. And how often you guys out there in listener land might find yourselves in a very similar situation and what you would do when that situation is brought to your attention. See, it's not, I don't, I don't, no harm, no foul to my friend for being so adamant about how I should not spread myself so thin and I should just focus in on 
one podcast or the other or stop doing them both and just focus on coaching and training and teaching and speaking. And, you know, no harm, no foul. Why not discuss something? At the same time, he's not in my skin. He's not in my body. He doesn't understand why this show matters so much to me. And let me explain to you why it matters so much to me. When I launched the From Sobriety to Recovery podcast, I did so because I was into my second year as an, in addiction recovery. I had a, my original podcast was called Everything's Interesting with Jesse Mogul, where I would just read really interesting articles on cool stuff and I would just go and talk about it. And I, if that podcast is still available, I've, I parked it on Podbean and I pay $108 a year to keep that show up and running just because, hey, I really enjoyed it. It was the very first time I ever tried podcasting and I thought it was a lot of fun. When I started up the From Sobriety to Recovery show, after I turned two years in sobriety and recovery, I really did so because I had begun to learn neuro-linguistic programming. I had learned all this really amazing stuff about the brain and about why we make the decisions that we do and how to better control and maintain emotional evenness. I really got into emotional intelligence and, and physical health and mental acuity and you know being spiritually grounded, which we've talked about this before, but I'll just reference again, isn't religious as much as it's, you know, um, integrity and beliefs and values and things of that nature. And so as I was just learning all of this stuff, and because I went to college for journalism and communications, podcasting just seemed a very natural way to get this kind of information out. And so I started speaking directly to other people in addiction recovery or people who were sober curious and who allowed, you know, drinking to become too big on their life. And Ultimately, we're looking for a change that would, you know, massively make a difference in their life. And I love From Sobriety to Recovery. And I talk about a lot about the same subjects I do here. I do over there. I just use a lot of words that are directly toward people who um, are actively seeking recovery or, or sobriety from a myriad of addictions. I honestly do believe that every human has many things that they're addicted to. Most of them just don't show themselves as something detrimental to their life. But the longer you stare at your screen and ignore the world around you and the people nearest you, uh, the more you isolate yourself. And the more you isolate yourself, the more depressed you become and the more sad you can be triggered into and the more emotional you can get without the tools and resources to even yourself. So I really do think that there's a lot of addictions other than just alcohol and drugs and sex and gambling and porn and food and sugar, you know, the usual suspects. When I started thinking about what it would have been like in my 18 to 25-year-old self's body to have had someone who could have you know, given me some information about what it is that I was doing to myself at that age you know, with the drinking and the drugging and the partying and you know, just, I mean, really just a lack of any kind of self-awareness about the damage I was doing to myself, my lackadaisical nature towards school and grades and being a part of the community, whether it be Ball State University, Valencia Community College, or the University of Florida. I was only mildly interested in even making friends on campus, let alone being involved on campus. It wasn't until I quit bartending um, at the end of quote unquote, my junior year, which, you know, by this time was my third year at the University of Florida, but I showed up as a junior. So I was just really moseying myself through the process. 
you know, six, nine credit hours every other semester kind of thing. Mainly I took, I took classes in the fall so I could get the football tickets, but I still bartended most of those football games because that's where the money was. And I was just really into being friends with the people at the restaurant. And so I was just very much a restaurant guy and who just happened to go to the college in town. Now, whether I would have listened to my own advice or any of this stuff from 18 to 25 when I went to Ball State in Valencia or from 25 to 30 when I was at UF, I don't know. But I do know that, you know, from 1994 to 2006 when I went to school, it wasn't as information age and tech driven as we are now. And so now there's an opportunity for, you know, the world's knowledge is at your fingertips with Google. And so you just have so much more access to knowledge. And if you really want to make a change in your life, you don't have to go to the library and dig around using the Dewey Decimal System. You can literally find 1.3 billion pages that talk about the topic you want to learn more about just by going into Google and using keyword search. So then I thought, well, what if someone had talked to me? What if someone had said, hey, the decisions you're making today, the habits that you're following today will become the life you have to live with when you leave here? It'll become the habits that you have to contend with for the rest of your life if you don't make massive change. So this podcast really became about offering emotional intelligence advice and opening up the conversation about emotions and about feelings and about isolation and depression and drinking and suicide and so many things At the same time, I didn't want to come out of the gate at the beginning of this show and say, hey, this is the kind of stuff I think should become the success habits you follow. You go back and look at the first 50 episodes of this, and I did get into a lot of conversations about following a syllabus and understanding how to schedule out your time. A lot of time management conversations, a lot of organizational conversations were started by us on the podcast. And I know it's, I know it's, directly benefited many of you because I get a lot of Instagram messages and emails about how this show has helped you. But ultimately, I started this show to talk about neuro-linguistic programming and how your brain uses language and the words and your five senses to create your reality in your head and how you see that reality in your head You think of it as an observation, but it's really just your words creating your reality. It's no more of real reality than anybody else's, right? 12 people watch a car accident or 12 people watch someone make a fool of themselves on campus and 12 other people might think that they're, you know, it was just a mild fender bender and other people might think it was a calamity and some people might think that person made a fool of themselves and other people might think that person was super funny, we all have a different way of interpreting the what is happening in front of us. And this is decided by the various filters we have in our brain, values and beliefs and time and, and environment and memories and experiences. And so the more I started to really think about what I could do to best benefit everybody out there was to talk more about emotional intelligence and how mental intelligence has very little to do with your overall success in life. And that emotional intelligence very much dictates the kind of life that you will get to enjoy, the kind of life that you will lead, the kind of life that you will create for yourself. When I spoke about the empowerment versus disempowerment dynamic a little bit 
not too long ago, I believe. Let's see, I've got the show notes open right in front of me. Yeah, that was episode, I have it down in here as 84, but I really started to screw up the, the episode numbers at some point. So in my show notes, it's 84. Go back and find Disempowerment, Empowerment Dynamic. I, I made it very easy to find because it's a very important episode. You create your life. I can be the coach for you. And there can be a challenger who asks you to think outside the box. Don't step into the victim, hero, villain, disempowerment dynamic. Because in that regard, if you're the victim, then you need a hero to save you. And then there's always a villain. And if you're not the victim, then you're either the villain or the hero. And the hero does things for other people without, it's like giving a man a fish versus teaching a man a fish. I want, to, I want to talk about this stuff so well that not only am I teaching you how to fish, I'm teaching you how to fish so well that you can teach others to fish. So when my buddy tries to explain to me why I should stop doing this podcast, he doesn't understand the emotional attachment I have to the traditional and, and, and very much even the non-traditional. I, I was a very non-traditional student. Yeah, 18 to 25, people would have maybe said I was traditional. You know, I partied my ass off. I worked a ton and I barely attended school, but I got a 3.0. That's how I got into UF. From 25 to 30 at UF, I was always the oldest person in my friendship circle. On the rarity somebody older than me would come along, they had already been graduated. So it matters to me that you are at least aware somebody has said the words to you that binge drinking multiple nights in a row and waking up with a hangover every single day and being emotionally charged all the time and yelling instead of talking calmly and, you know, having a, an apartment that's a pigsty instead of relatively clean and organized. It matters to me that somebody says those things to you. I don't know how many of my listeners are traditional versus non-traditional. I don't know how many of them go to UCLA or University of Georgia or University of Florida or Notre Dame. I don't know. I know I get lots of listeners from around the world, and I don't know where you're at in that either. I don't know if it's because I hired a marketing team to help me run some ads a year ago, if they just happened to buy me listeners and those people just never stop downloading the podcast, but they never even listen. I don't know a ton of stuff about this show as far as the, t the statistics go. But I do know the people who send me messages on Instagram. I do know the emails that I receive. And this has an impact on you. You feel the energy of learning something new about yourself. Honestly, if you want to learn how to organize your notes better, how to study more effectively, I mean, so many of those things are just, there's blogs about that stuff. This show was meant to be different. Because it matters to me that we're talking about things that others might shy away from. When I think about suicide and depression and isolation and the things that cause students to go downhill so quickly in college when perhaps they were very successful in high school, or you were not so successful in high school and you go off and you become very involved on campus and you don't isolate and you surround yourself with people who lift you up and all of a sudden you feel like a whole brand new person, it's because you are. And you can always change. You can decide to make a change and then you can just follow through with it. And when your unconscious mind tries to roadblock you and put up a barrier and do this unconscious kickback where it tries to send you back down the same path you've been hundreds and hundreds of times before, you can just say, no, not today, fear, not today. I'm going to do it differently today. 
Don't worry about the next 100,000 days. Think about today. So when my buddy tells me that I should think of, think twice about continuing on with the podcast, it doesn't make any sense to me why I would stop something like this show. And honestly, it takes less than an hour a week of my time. I think we figured out today that there is... Th- Six hundred and sixty-four hours in a week, or no, I'm sorry, six sixty-four in a month, because there's one sixty-eight a week. So if you do the numbers on that, I'm pretty sure one sixty-eight. No, eighteen, eighteen. That's thirty-six, and then thirty-six, thirty seventy-two. So six seventy-two. Pretty sure I'm right about that. I'm just doing math in my head. Six hundred seventy-two hours in a month. I think I can dedicate four hours to this show, because I wrote a book. And I plan on coming to colleges and high schools and speaking about this stuff. And I want to speak about emotional intelligence. I want to want to talk to you about how it is that your mind's creating your world. And if you want to know how to fill out a syllabus or a, or a job application or, or build a resume, there are other places to find out that information. I'm not your only resource, but I am very, very happy to be one of your resources. And so wrapping this up, and getting you thinking about how this actually pertains to anything in your life at all. Where in your life is somebody, for some reason or another, thinking they know what's best for you and digging their heels in, and they just relentlessly will not stop trying to convince you of the way that they see your world? Respect the other person's model of their world is the first presupposition in the neuro-linguistic programming pseudoscience, of which I'm a master practitioner of. And pseudoscience is just a word they use whenever something, if it's going to be considered science, it has to be able to be proven in controlled tests and environments with neuro-linguistic programming. Since it's about the human mind, there's a lack of consistency you can get when studying subjects because every human's mind is different. Replicating something along the lines for every single human is damn near impossible. And what you ultimately find is that since you can't observe the brain, you can only observe the behavior, then you can't call it the science of the brain, right? This is why psychology is the, is the study of, of the emotions and the study of, a, of the person's behaviors and actions because psychology can't be the study of the brain because you can't observe the brain. You can only observe the actions that the brain puts out. You can only monitor the actions that you put out when you start to ask yourself, what are the actions and results that are leading me to the life I have right now? The thinking and the feeling happens inside your mind. So all of that observing is happening with that voice in your head telling you what you think you're paying attention to. And is that voice even correct? How biased is that voice in your head about your thoughts and about your feelings? And when someone else digs their heels in and and attempts to tell you what's good for your life, you have to step back and become very self-aware. The very first step in emotional intelligence is self-awareness. You have to be self-aware enough to know, is this something that this person has any right to be speaking to me about? Or is this just their opinion? Or do they really know enough about me to really know why I care so much about this thing I'm doing in my life? If I'm watching you chug back 12 beers and six shots a night, yeah, there can be a very healthy conversation around your drinking habits because that kind of drinking 
um, it's dangerous. And while it might be socially acceptable now, the older and older you get, the less socially acceptable it'll just feel, let alone if you even want to do it anymore. Trust me, if you want to slam back 12 beers and six shots every night, you can find a bar where that will be socially acceptable. And you will have no problem finding other people who are drunks to follow, you know, play along in your reindeer games. But is that really the kind of life that you want to have for yourself? The kind of life that you're trying to run from, that you're trying to escape from? It's all fun and games after a while until it's like the 12,000th night that you've done that. Then now it's just a habit you just refuse to break. So that would be, and this guy used to live with me. And he definitely used to watch me drink like that. And when he had that conversation with me around my drinking, he was right. I needed to stop. And I didn't want to listen then. So I'm very mindful to listen to him now, but not along the lines of this podcast, not what it is I'm doing for my career. I see him, just like I see so many of my other peers, wasting plenty of time doing the things that they, you know, to me, it's like, why, you know, you know, why would you play video games? That seems like a waste of time. But if that person enjoys that, then that's what they get to do to enjoy. I enjoy this show. So therefore, this is what I get to do to enjoy. Sitting here on a Wednesday night at 822 on a week, you know, on a middle of the week, um, you know, I could, yeah, I could be easily sitting in my living room watching television right now, but I'm glad I'm doing this. This matters to me. I'm doing really amazing work here. And one day when the country is fully opened up and everyone's got their shots and it's a much more welcoming, hospitable environment, I will take this show on the road. I will come to your university. Go to Instagram at Jesse Mogul and tell me what university you're going to. Where are you at right now? I'll come speak there. I'll contact your administration and I'll get them to put me on their calendar. I'll go anywhere somebody wants me to speak. I'll talk about any of these things. What's a problem that you're having? Are there energy vampires sucking out your energy, telling you you should be doing this and you should be doing that all the while, not even following their own advice? Are there people who yell and scream around you because they think that's a healthy way of communicating? Are you afraid of money? Are you think money's hard to come by? Do you have a bad relationship with money or food or sugar or booze or drugs or alcohol or sex? You know, how much are you suffering from depression and how much would you like to be able to lift that weight off of your shoulders? This show matters to me because you guys matter to me. All of y'all matter to me, whether I've ever seen your face via, you know, responding to your Instagram and DM and then going to your profile or whether I never, ever, ever see your face. You matter to me. I wish someone would have told me I mattered to them whenever I was trying to drink myself to death in college. The College Success Habits show exists to uplift and give you hope that there is a better tomorrow out there if you're suffering, to help guide you even higher up the potential ladder if you're not suffering or to get you to just completely crest over that amazing peak and accomplish to your highest dreams if you're already well on your flow. No matter what the problem is, nothing is beyond conquering and thriving through. If you go into it with the right kind of thinking and the right kind of motivation and inspiration, and that's the kind of stuff that you tap into within yourself. I don't call myself a motivational or inspirational speaker, but if I had to choose between the two, I inspire you to motivate yourself. The resources you have to succeed are already in you. I just shine a light on them so you know where to find them. This show will continue. 
coming to campuses and high schools, this is something I have been wanting to do since I got sober and started learning about neuro-linguistic programming. Since I launched this podcast and wrote the book, it was always my thought that I would go out there and speak at bookstores, that I would hit the ground running, I would go out there and I would meet the people who remind me of myself or remind me of my friends from that era in my life. Yeah, I'm in my 40s. And yeah, I've, you know, I've, I've, of course, I've, my body has aged like any person's body would age. But in the long run, you know, age and growing older and mindset around all of that stuff, it's, it's all in the mind. None of it is as important as you think it is. The things that you would make fun of me for, for doing at 45, you'll do at 45. I used to think I always wanted to live in the city next to the bars where all the noise was. Now I can't wait to get further and further away from people. <laughs> I was on Twitter today, and I guess Shuggy's—am I even pronouncing that right? C H E U G Y is a, is a, is now a Gen Z's new term for I guess when people are trying too hard. And I'm just like, we had words like that in the '80s and '90s too. And what's funny is the things we used to make fun of people for don't trust people over 40 and you know can you believe they're wearing that or they're acting like this or they're saying that or they're dancing like this in public it's all crap you start to do in your 30s and especially in your 40s when you straight up do not give a damn what people think now there are those people who who care about what people think they're the ones who who still tie their self-esteem to external um, commendations and external pleasures that other people throw their way you know, no, I don't want, I mean, I put some gel in my hair before I leave the house and I shave and brush my teeth because, you know, I want to look good, but I'm not sitting here stressing out about whether, which color Henley I'm going to wear today or whether my jeans or my slacks are high enough up on my ankle so I look super trendy and hip and cool. I'm just wearing what I wear. Then one day you will too. And one day all of this stuff that you're thinking that matters now will not even be a distant memory. It'll be forgotten. And what will be in its place is a whole nother slew of stressors and anxieties and, and problems and fears and jealousies and guilts and shames and angers and these negative emotions that just control the human experience like a death grip. But it doesn't have to. Fear and guilt and shame and jealousy and anger and, and gossiping and, and you know spending every dollar before it's made, that doesn't have to be your way. You can step into a more empowered sense of self now and save yourself the trouble of being a drunk for another 15 years. You have the power to make the change anytime you want. None of the things that you think are as important to you now will necessarily be important to you tomorrow or 15 years from now. And that's neither good nor bad. It's the evolution of you. And I'm blessed to be a part of the evolution of you. And whatever part I play in that, whatever percentage of motivation I can help fire up inside yourself for yourself, then hallelujah, praise be, blessed be. What I don't, what do they say in The Handmaid's Tale? Blessed be. I just wanted to see you guys succeed and to know that there are ways to do it out there beyond what perhaps you're hearing from other sources. I talk about what I talk about and I'm, Feel blessed to have your ear for these 25 to 30 minutes each week. And now that I've gone on for about seven more minutes than I intended to, I just think it very important that you think to yourself, where is someone trying to tell you what to do with your life? 
And do they have any real knowledge about what a, why you're doing it to really tell you whether you should or shouldn't be doing it or not? Only you know what's really congruent for you, why something matters to you. And this might matter to me now, and in a year from now, it may not matter as much. And it might get mothballed, and it might just be a show that sits on you know, iTunes for the next 10 years, and it just becomes an archive for people to listen to. It might. That could happen. Or it could not. I don't know. But if there's one thing you've learned from me over these last 96 episodes, is that I'm not going to start thinking too far into the future. Today, we're doing the podcast, and we're lifting each other up. Next month, next three months, six months, nine months, this show is going to be kicking along just fine. What Episode 100 was never the goal. 1,000. 10,000. I don't know. One day I might hand the show off and have other people who are more college-aged and appropriate speaking on the show. I don't know. I might have nothing but guests come on and talk about what it is you can do to help make your world in college better. It was supposed to be an interview show, and because of the COVID, it didn't keep didn't continue that way. And then one day it will. I'm flexible. I'm okay with the way that things have shifted. I can figure it out, and so can you. You just make sure that you're mindful that when you decide to make a change, you're doing it because you want to make the change, and not because you just want to appease somebody else or get them to shut up. Because ultimately, you're the one who has to live with that decision. As always, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. As always, much love, everybody. Be kind to one another and be splendid. Glow on. See you soon. Bye-bye.